start of the new year, I feel like, especially this year, kind of brings two different kinds of people. There's some people that are just ready for a fresh start. Maybe some of you have already set some goals. You're looking forward to, to what this year is going to bring. Then there's probably others of you who are hesitant to hope a little too much. You just Even the way the year has started, you're, you're maybe on edge. And wherever you're at, I just want to tell you, be encouraged. Because this series is designed specifically with you in mind. Wherever you fall on that spectrum, I believe God has a word for you today. And um, if you're with us as we closed out the year, our last in-person gathering, we, I, I did a message called Baby Steps. And I was talking about how you can move forward with baby steps. Even if it uh, doesn't seem like much, even if you don't think you're making great progress, even a baby step is forward progress. And I thought, man, I, I don't know if I can make it um, any simpler uh, or even make it any easier just to, to move forward with what God has. But then we came to this series, and um, I'm not even asking you to make, make a step today. All I'm asking you to do is to lean in, to just lean in. You don't even have to take a step. Just, just change your position a little bit. Just change your posture. Put yourself in a position for God to move in your life. And I'm telling you, you're going to set yourself up for a great year. In fact, maybe just as an act of faith as we're all in the room and even right at home right now, would you just kind of just adjust yourself in the seat, just scoot up just a little bit, just lean in a little bit and watch what God is going to do in your life. You know, uh, the, the, the truth is, while I do want to make it easy for you, the reality is for many of us this time of year, uh, we are upping the intensity. Uh, one thing we always do if you're new to our church, part of our tradition is to take the first part of our year, specifically 21 days, and, and seek God through a time of prayer and fasting. And, and I don't know where you're at on that right now. The, today I'm going to help you prepare with that. But even our staff, our staff is, is going through this. Where for the next 21 days, we are seeking God through fasting and prayer. If you, if you don't know what fasting is, fasting is simply this Christian discipline to break the power of the flesh in our life. The flesh is that part of you that is contrary to God, that part of those, your sin, desires, cravings, the part of you that doesn't want what God wants, that's in opposition to the Spirit. And when we fast, we rely on the Holy Spirit, and the motivation for fasting is to draw closer to God. So over this series, the next three weeks, we're we're going to do this. But today, this week, all I'm asking is that we would prepare. I'm not asking you to do anything. Just kind of get your, just lean in today. Just get yourself in this mindset that God wants to move in your life, that there's more he has for you. And next week, we're going to begin to pray. And then the third week, which is the, the um, I forget the date actually, but the third week, we're going to fast. And we're going to fast as a church for a week. And if you can do that with us, you're going to see the power of the Holy Spirit breaks some things in your life that have been holding you back. You're going to see God move in your life this year. I promise you there's a powerful thing about fasting. And when we connect corporately and seek the heart of God, something truly shifts. There's power that's available to you when you come under what the house is doing and what God wants to do through this ministry. And so... I want to get you in this mindset to lean in. Of course, one of the ways you can lean in is something that is brand new today called essentials. And uh, 
If you don't know what that is, it's starting right after uh, service, about five minutes after service. And this Essentials is really, um, was kind of my big rock of last year when the pandemic hit and church was different. I was thinking, man, what can I do to help people really discover and live out God's purpose for their life? And that's why we called it Essentials, because I believe every single person in our church needs to go through it, whether whether it's your first time here or whether uh, you've been coming for a while, whether you're part of a team, if you haven't been through Essentials, I wanna encourage you to do it. It's gonna help you discover God's purpose for your life. But I wanna get into our, our scripture today. And what I wanna read is really the theme verse for this series. We'll be considering this as we go through this the next three or four weeks. And it's found in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. You've maybe heard of it before, but let's look at it together. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So today I'm asking you to lean in. Well, the writer in Proverbs says that there's some things we're leaning on that we shouldn't be leaning on. I believe in this message today, God's gonna help you maybe speak to your mindset it's going to be very simple, but it's going to be extremely practical. And I want to talk to you today about some lessons in leaning. That's the title of my message, Lessons in Leaning. It's always my custom to pray before we get into God's word. So would you bow your head with me before we preach and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Father, that you are moving in our midst. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church, Father, that is seeing you at work in our lives where people are discovering their purpose, where people are finding life and freedom in Jesus, where we're making a difference in the community, where we're seeing the gospel lived out. God, this is a privilege, and we consider it such. And so, God, I ask that you would move again today. I don't ever want to take it for granted that we get to come and be in your word and be in your midst. So, God, use me and speak through me. Speak to your people today in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. This verse I read to you, it's, um, it's a special verse for me because it's one of the first verses that I ever memorized in Scripture. Um, the reason I memorized it, and you've probably heard it before, you probably know it well. The reason I memorized it is because the, the very first Bible that I ever remember receiving uh, was given to me by my dad. He wrote a note in it, and when he signed his name, he signed his name with this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, I don't remember how old I was. I know I wasn't that old, but old enough to read and have a Bible. And even at that age, I, I remember thinking, wow, this is so cool. Like my dad, my dad was a pastor. So he obviously, he, he put a lot of thought into this verse that would be foundational and formative in my life. He, even the fact, you know, you read it, you see that this is, this, in the context, it's this chapter of his father speaking to his son. And I thought, wow, Dad, this is so amazing. You've given me this, this verse. Um, come to find out later, that's how we always signed his name. I mean, I think he signed his checks with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Like, this, this was not like anything special. This was about as generic as vanilla ice cream. He, he wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I was devastated to find that out. But the truth is, it's always been a meaningful verse to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. It's given me a lot of comfort whenever I've faced uncertainty. It's given me a lot of courage whenever I've been 
insecure. It's been instructional to me when I've been confused. It has been foundational and formative in my life. And so what I'm going to share with you today, it might seem elementary at first. In fact, some of you, it's probably not anything that you don't already know, but you know what I've found is lots of times we don't need to hear something new. We just need to be reminded of what we already know. Uh, m- most of us aren't even doing half the stuff we know. If we would just do what we know, we would be all right. So it might be a reminder to you today, but I'm believing the Holy Spirit's going to encourage you through this. And if you put it into practice, this is going to pay dividends in your life for years to come. And uh, really, that's what Proverbs is all about. Proverbs is, if you've ever read through it, the book of Proverbs is all about practical application. If you're, if you're not familiar with Proverbs, typically, when we think of a proverb, we, we think of some pithy, maybe even cliche, you know, short saying that has some nugget of wisdom in it. And definitely the book of Proverbs has a lot of short nuggets and maxims that you can apply to your life. But um, so the, the, the book of Proverbs, we usually associate with Solomon. Solomon. And for good reason. Solomon was the son of King David. Solomon was considered the wisest man who ever lived. And the reason we associated with him, well, when you look at Solomon's life, we understand why. Solomon, when he became king, uh, he asked God for a spirit of wisdom. And we see that God gave it to him. You can read about his life in First, Second Kings. And in Solomon's life, what you see is he was a wise, wise person. He... he, he sought after collecting knowledge. He wrote thousands of poems, thousands of proverbs. You get to see some of his wisdom on display in the book of 1 Kings. And, and uh, because of that, we know that it wasn't just him who wrote proverbs, but he definitely had a hand in compiling it. And in this passage that we're looking at, what we discover is that it's all about practical application. In fact, in Hebrew, the word they use for wisdom means the skill of applying knowledge. And so the way you show you possess wisdom is by putting it into practice. Well, in this, this chapter, chapter 3, like I said, it's, it's this speech given by a father to his son. And he's trying to share some practical skills for living well in God's world. How many of you think that would be helpful? just to have some practical skills, how to live well. In fact, some people say that, that some scholars, theologians say that, that uh, you could just call um, the, the book of Proverbs wisdom for living or how to act in every circumstance. It's got that much practical advice. But what I want to help you with today, I want to share with you some skills that are going to help you thrive this year. They're going to set you up as we prepare this week to lean in I want to give you some keys for growth. I want to give you some lessons for leaning. And to do that, I want to look at this passage in context. I want to look at the first four verses that come before it. I want to look at the four verses that come after it. This little sandwich of a passage. And Proverbs is written in this two-verse style where uh, there's usually an instruction, and then you see the blessing that comes with it. So in these ten verses, there's five things that we're going to look at today. And I want to start with the first one in verse 1. Proverbs 3, verse 1. It says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. 
for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. As we're preparing this week, as I'm asking you to lean in, I want to encourage you with this. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. I know that sounds so simple and so elementary, but you might just even want to write down after that every day. Even if it's just the verse of the day. Read your Bible every day. Now, one of the greatest things we can do to grow this year, if we really want what God has for us, is to read what God has said. Because God speaks most clearly, most consistently. He speaks the clearest and the loudest through his word. I want to get so practical with this. Again, Proverbs is about practicality. If you really want to read your Bible every day, the easiest way I can help you with it is to download the Bible app and put it on your phone. Most people have smartphones. Go to Bible.com. Make sure you get the right one, all right? There's different Bible apps out there. Get the Bible app. Put it on your phone. Then get a reading plan. Go through a reading plan. Schedule the verse of the day uh, to get sent to your email, to get a notification that it's time to read. Invite somebody to read it with you. Put the widget, on, that, that's what I did on my phone. I got the little widget where the verse of the day pops up, where I see it. Read your Bible every day, even if it's just the verse of the day. And here's what happens. As, as you do this, the, the law of God is simply what God has said. It says, don't forget God's law. Don't forget the law of God. Well, we can't even remember God's word if we don't first know what he said. And, and so the, the, what we need to do is to make sure we're reading the Bible every day. Because it helps us understand, when you read the Bible, it helps you understand God's will for you. What he's going to do is you'll be reading something and there'll be a specific verse that God will speak to you. There'll be a specific scenario or situation. There'll be a promise. There'll be a command. And the Holy Spirit will apply it to your life. He will help you understand what you need to hear. It's amazing how God will speak. There'll be a warning. There'll be something in there when you read the Bible that will apply to your situation. Conversely, when you're not reading the Bible, it's easy to misunderstand God. It's easy to misunderstand what he's saying. You know, my kids, for Christmas, um, we, we got them some Alexa Echo Dots. So we got these Alexas all, all through our house. And uh, part of the reason we did that is because for my birthday earlier last year, uh, I put a bunch of smart lights in the house. And so, you know, just speak to Alexa and, and turn it off. It was so funny. The other day, um, Oliver, he was like, had, he was like going up the stairs. And I don't know, I think Alexa was not working, was shut off. And he, and he left the light on. I was like, Oliver, you got to shut the light off. He's like, how am I supposed to shut the light off? Alexa's not working. <laughs> I was like, do you, do you put the switch and, you know. But um, that, that's my house. We've, we've got Alexa all over the place. I hope even those of you who are watching online, your Alexa is going crazy right now. Um, just turn up the volume on your TV. But so, so we've got Alexa all over our house. And, uh, and my, my kids have discovered, among other things, turning the lights on and off. They've discovered that you can do some fun things. Like they, they like uh, telling Alexa to make announcements. And then it pushes these announcements throughout the whole house. So... It started off innocently enough, you know, started off like, hey, it's time for dinner, and you get time for dinner, or, the, or you know, uh, Alexa, you know, announce, uh, I need you to come downstairs, and so Alexa says that, or, 
or they say, Alexa announced, you know, Dad, when are you coming home? So, like, because it comes up on my phone and it comes up in my office, all this kind of stuff. Well, then it kind of got twisted and they start, like, you know, trying to create emergencies where it's like, um, you know, Mom, come quick, or it's, uh, I broke my leg, or, you know, it's <laughs> just crazy stuff. One of they said, you're in trouble, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And the funny thing is, though, with Alexa, you've probably encountered, sometimes she doesn't hear correctly or understand correctly. And so it comes up on my phone what they say, but like, you're in trouble, that was the other day, it's not you're in trouble, it was you're in trouble. <laughs> like, like there's a bathroom emergency or something like that. But my point is, my, my point is, is that we do the same thing. When we, when all we have is a soundbite faith, where we never engage with God's word and actually see what God has said, we misunderstand the meaning. And we walk away and we wonder why we struggle in our relationship with God. We wonder why we struggle in our faith. Can I tell you, it could be solved if you would make it a priority to read the Bible every day. As you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit's gonna show you what it means. He's gonna show you how it applies to your life. It's gonna become fresh to you. It's gonna become alive. And this is important. Here's why. Because here's the next instruction. Let's look at verse three. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Now this is a reference to an instruction that God gave to the Israelites in Deuteronomy. And, and the literal uh, interpretation of this charge that God gave them was that they were supposed to write down, copy down certain scriptures. They would put it in this leather case, and then they would wear it when they went to pray. Now, obviously, this isn't literal. It talks about writing them on the tablet of your heart. That's an expression. But the point of this verse is that you shouldn't just examine God's word to understand it. You shouldn't just examine God's word to see what it says. You should employ it and use it. Here's the, here's the next thing. Pray. First thing I told you, read your Bible. Second thing I want to encourage you with is pray. And again, you can just put daily. Pray daily. You are too busy not to pray. You've got too much going on not to pray. You, you, you've got too many things in your life, too many demands that you cannot afford not to pray. You got to pray. And that's why it says in verse 4, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. Man, prayer changes things. Now, prayer is simply talking to God. And I don't know about you, but like when I say pray daily, there might be part of you who are like, well, I understand. But, you know, like my prayer life, I understand you say talking to God, but it's just it's kind of become routine. It's kind of become not exciting. And, you know, I, I, I get that because like even in my own life, I've felt like I can become desensitized to things. Have you noticed how you can become desensitized to something? Like maybe um, the first time you came on KU campus, you're like, man, this campus is so big. But then after you've been there for a while and you're taking your classes, you're like, yeah, it's just, it's normal. You're desensitized to it. Maybe in your job, you know, like when you first take it, you're so excited about it. Everything is challenging. It's fun. After a while, it's just kind of routine. Even with kids, you know, like, like you can become desensitized to kids. Um, 
Like, have you ever seen a parent with their first kid? Their first kid, they are like two bodyguards, you know, guarding a celebrity with their first kid. Marissa and I have four kids, okay? Four, four kids. The other day, I gave Grant a power tool. I said, have fun. It's like, you know, aren't you concerned he's going to hurt himself? It's like, you know what? He'll probably learn his lesson and won't do it again. Like, that's how you become desensitized when you're a parent. You can become desensitized, and in prayer, it's the same way. Like, if you're not careful, you can become desensitized where prayer just becomes routine instead of this exciting thing where you are talking to the God and creator of the universe, <laughs> the, the king. So I, I want to give you a little tip that I've learned that has helped me in my prayer life. It's real, really simple. And that's just instead of always asking God to make things better, I've started asking God to make me bolder. Just a little difference. Instead of asking, praying about the same old things, God, change this, round this out, even this, make this straight. I've just started praying, God, make me bolder. You know, I, I think about, like, when I look at the New Testament, after Jesus' resurrection, the, the book of Acts, the disciples, man, they were persecuted. They were demoralized. They had all sorts of problems going on. And you know what? I never once noticed them say, you know, God, could you please make the government stop picking on us? No, they prayed something much more powerful. They said, God, you see the threats. You see what's happening. So God, help us speak your word with boldness. God, move. Let there be miracles. Move on our behalf so that your name will be glorified. So many times we're asking God to save us from our struggle instead of strengthening us in our struggle. And if you would just begin to say, God, Instead of making this better, God, make me bolder in it. Use this to develop me. Strengthen me through this. Let your will be done in this. I I'm telling you, you'll see God move in ways that you never imagined. Because God does want to do things for you, but he also wants to do things through you and in you. So ask and then be prepared to act. That's the next one. Because look at this, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. What caught my attention is verse 6. says, in all your ways. In other words, God wants your activities to glorify him. God wants your actions to be pointing to him. The simplest way I can say this is serve. Read your Bible. Pray. Serve. Serve. Let me ask you, are you being active in making a difference? It's God's heart for you. One of the greatest ways you can lean in is to find a need and fill it. God actually created you to glorify him by serving others. Ser serving, is not, serving God by serving others is not just something that's for pastors. It is for every single believer. It's how we make a difference in the world. It is God's plan and purpose for your life. So I want to encourage you, find a way to help. Find a way to love. Find a way to contribute. If you want to grow this year, you got to find a way to contribute, to make a difference in the lives of others. In fact, you can't hang in this church very long and not realize that there is a calling on your life. I'm always going to preach about subjects that help you discover that and point to that. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. God knew what he was doing when he made you. He made you with all the gifts, desires, passions, thoughts, 
Everything about you, God knew. And the reason he made you is because he has a purpose that he wants you to fulfill. And I think sometimes we're, we're hesitating because, I don't know, for, for whatever reason. Let, 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 let me tell, tell you this. Your best days are not behind you. God has more for you that's in front of you than behind you. I was talking to a guy earlier this week, and, and he was saying, yeah, you know, I'm just at a point in my life where, like, I've really, you know, I'm, I, I really like, you know, seeing these young guys come up, and I realize, like, I don't have to do everything anymore. And, and he was kind of, I knew what he was saying, but he was kind of saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine not contributing. Now, that's not really what he meant. He was saying, like, he likes seeing this next generation come up and take their place, and I get that. But can I tell you, everything you've done up to this point, God wants to do more with what's in front of you. You think, I mean, people, in, like Abraham, he's 100 years old when God fulfilled his promise in his life. He wasn't ready for that. He was ready to take a nap. That's what he was ready for. But God said, I'm not done with you yet. Think about Moses. Moses was 80 years old when God used him to deliver the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. He wasn't ready for that. He didn't even think he was equipped for that. And I don't care where you're at. I mean, David, he, he wasn't ready to be king when he was anointed. He was out in the field. Wasn't even, you know, selected by his father. There's all these reasons for not being ready. But what, what I'm trying to tell you is that God has a plan for you. And part of that plan is to serve him by serving others. Serve him by serving others. I think some of the things that cripple us, of all those reasons, two of the things that cripple us, is we're paralyzed by our past and we're crippled by our culture. Here's what I mean. We look at our past and we think these things prevent us from doing this. They hold us back. We know who we really are. We know what's wrong with us. We know the issues in our life, all of that. Or we're crippled by our culture, meaning this is why we can't do it. And th this is because of what culture says. But God has put gifts in you to use. Think about this. Like, it was my son, my middle son Oliver's birthday yesterday. Can you imagine, as parents, if we gave him a gift, he unwrapped it, and we said, okay, now you can look at it, but you can't play with it. He's got to put it on the shelf. Just imagine what it would be like to play with. That's, that's your gift. This is your gift, but just keep it on the shelf and imagine what it would be like. That's the way most of us are with the gifts God has given us. We live frustrated. We, we, we have this dream in our heart. We know God has given us some things to offer, but we, we feel defeated. But God has put purpose in you to be fulfilled. You can never live fulfilled by yourself. That's why this next one is so important. Let's look at verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. To live a life that's fulfilled doesn't mean that you're living a problem-free life. It means that you're living a purposeful life. What I see about God is that he's never promised to make you a fulfilled person. He's promised to make you his people, meaning that you can't be fulfilled in isolation. You can't be fulfilled. There's some things you can do, for sure, but you'll never experience God's best in isolation. You'll never experience God's best by yourself. You can accomplish some things, sure, but you can't experience God's best until you're doing it with others. That's why I tell you, fourth one, get in a group. 
get in a group. We don't have groups kicking off yet. They'll be starting. But I'm telling you now, so you can put on your calendar, some of you, God has given you some things that you need to lead. You, you need to be part of it that way. And look, I get it. We've all got work associates. We've all got family members. You've got people that you consider your friends. That's awesome. There is no substitute for church community. There's no substitute for church community. None of that can come close because all of us need accountability and all of us need to be used to encourage somebody. Every single one of us. We need somebody that we're accountable to and we need to be used by God to encourage somebody. That's what happens when you get in a group. There's no substitute for sitting in a room with somebody. There's no substitute for worshiping God together. There's no substitute for seeking God together, for growing together, growing in your knowledge of God. That's why it says in verse 7, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, fearing God is not being afraid of God. It's not. But I would say maybe a good analogy is when I talk to most people. Most people, most people are not afraid of COVID. What I mean by that is like you're not staying up at night, most people, afraid. But here's what it is. There's an awareness. It's pretty much on our mind 24-7. Influences our decisions. Man, I, I wonder what would happen if we had a fear of God. Not afraid. But this awareness, like most of us have of COVID, where, where it was influence of every decision, where the presence of God in our lives determined how we were going to respond, how we were going to act, where we were going to go, what we say yes to, what we say no to. The awareness of God was always on our thought life. What's so interesting to me is that day right now when there's a heightened concern about health, what this says, don't be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil, for it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It doesn't say like health to your spirit. It doesn't say health to your mind. It means getting in a group, getting in a community where you're not just, I mean, a lot of the problems that I'm seeing with people is because they're wise in their own eyes. They've got no accountability. They, they, they've got no, nobody that they're using to, that they're using the gifts God has given to encourage. And this church community is key. It's health to our flesh and strength to our bones. Because whatever's holding you back today, let, let me encourage you with this. That God didn't save us to have us settle for less than his best. When God saves us, he, he forgives us of everything we've done, but often it's our attitudes, our habits, sins that linger on. And he tells us to come together as his people so that we can be healed. So I, I thought God is the one that heals us. I thought God is the one who forgives us. Well, God does. He purifies our hearts. He cleanses us of sin and all unrighteousness. But scripture actually says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you'll be healed. It's, it's being in community that's health. So 
go to God for forgiveness, but go to God's people for healing. So read your Bible, pray, serve, get in a group. Let's look at the last one. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Here's what I want to tell you. Tithe. One of the best lessons in leaning is tithing, beginning to tithe. And what you got to understand in God's economy, tithing is about more than just money. That's why I like this passage, because it shows us tithing is about first things. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. So yeah, when we talk about tithing, we think about our money and our resource, giving God our first and best. Think about this, like in our week, we give God the first of our week by coming to church on Sunday. It's giving, honoring God with our first. Our year, that's why we set aside the first part of this year for 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a tithe of our year, saying we're, God, we're gonna seek you at the first part. Tithing's about first. And that's what you do when you bring a 10th of your income to God. It's the first fruits. When you get a paycheck, God, I'm bringing you the first part. Not, you know, a little tip once a month. It's the first part. Here's what I thought is that trust and lean, this verse we started with, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trust and lean are both physical responses where you have to completely rely or, or, or it's a total reliance of support, commitment. That's what we do. God, I'm, I'm not looking at what I can do when I tithe. I'm looking at what you can do. I'm, I'm trusting you. And the great news is, is that trusting God never goes unrewarded. It never goes unrewarded. It says, do this, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. See, if God's a giver, we can surrender to him what we have, knowing that he's looking out for us, that he wants the best for us, that he's gonna provide for us. So it's real simple, but as you prepare to lean in this week, this is the, this is the challenge. We're leaning in. I wanna challenge you. Read your Bible every day. Pray daily. Serve. Get in a group when we offer those. Coming up in just a little bit. Some of you need to lead a group and tithe. Five things that will set you up for success. Begin to prepare. And at the end of the day, trust is all about surrender. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, he shall direct you. It's about surrender. One of the greatest things we can do if you've never done this, or you're here and never done this, is to surrender your life to Jesus. So I just want to give you that opportunity right now. Would you bow your head with me?